I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Today on First Lady and Friends, I was expecting something and something else happened. Today we have uh, a conversation with my husband, Spencer Cox, and myself on my birthday talking about all things Spencer and Abby Cox. Uh, Hope you have fun with it. We sure did. Let's get proximate. Welcome back to First Lady and Friends. This is an episode that um, I got bamboozled about. I was here ready to do a podcast on my birthday. Today is my birthday. I was going to have some legislators here and I was fooled and had a big surprise. And when I walked in, uh, I had a very special guest waiting for me and he's here and we're just going to have a chat today. Hi. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) <laughs> it's great to be with you. So, uh, so yeah, this is the worst surprise ever. You know, some people have surprise birthdays, and some people have surprise lots of things, gifts, and and surprise people. And and Abby for her birthday gets um, her husband surprise showing up on, on her podcast. And, and it's a great surprise. It's great this to be is with fun. you. This will be great. Yeah. So I think um, I think we're going to – we really wanted to make this about you. This is your podcast, um, but I'm going to ask you some questions. And uh, I, th- this is one for posterity. Uh, certainly, uh, I'm, I'm excited uh, for, for me and for us. And I'm sure your listeners are dying to uh, to hear me interview you. So we'll, <laughs> we'll do some of that. Actually, I think we'll, we'll just share some questions back and forth. But I, I, I just wanted to start – since it is your birthday, um, do, do you want to tell the, the listeners how old you are? Well, sure. You know, it's it's pretty public knowledge. I'm 46 today. It's great age. I will it's tell you. I, I always pave the way. Um, yeah. we're, we're, I'm six months older. So I just. So I always forget. Time. So most of the time, I think whenever you turn a new age, I always just forget which half of the year I'm in and just pretend like right, you've been telling age. people you're 46 for uh, six months for six months. So um, <laughs> it's nice of you to finally arrive there. But 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 let's just start. So what, what is the favorite thing about your your birthday? Well, uh, I didn't always love having a winter birthday, but I actually really do now because my favorite thing is um, I usually go skiing and it's it started several years ago with my with Gav, our oldest, who has a birthday in January as well, two weeks before mine. And we he loves to snowboard and I love to ski. So that was kind of our little birthday treat that we would give each other. We would go ski, snowboard together um, for our birthdays. We'd find a time sometime in January and we'd, we'd go. So uh, that is my favorite thing. I love to ski on my birthday. It's kind of become an annual tradition. Um, I don't go with Gav anymore because he's at school and it's too hard to come up and do it on a weekday. Um, but I usually put out a little text to my sisters 
and say, who's who's coming with me this year? And you have seven and sisters. I have seven sisters. Um, I had one taker this year. <laughs> My sister from Twin Falls uh, came down. We went yesterday. We also went with Linda from the mansion. So the three of us had a beautiful day up on the mountain. Um, it just it couldn't have been more lovely. It could have been slightly warmer, but it wasn't too bad. Very cool. I'm glad you got to do that because I am not a skier. Uh, most people don't know that, but this podcast is not about me. So, Well, it might be a little bit about you because I think we should share the story of the first time that you ever skied. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> okay. Because so it, it's a pretty great look, story. In my defense, we were, we were too poor growing up to ever go skiing. Um, As were we. But... but. <laughs> what, what, explain the but. Well, I my mom and dad were... Uh, they they grew up in Davis County, skied at Snow Basin and, and that area. Their whole lives, it was kind of the thing that they did on weekends. I think it was back before it cost a ton of money. And um, my mom, especially in her family, that was literally what they did every single weekend. She had two brothers. And so I first learned how to ski because my grandpa wanted us to learn and knew that my parents couldn't afford for us to, to take lessons or to go skiing at all. So we, my grandpa would take us once a year with my uncles and my uncles who are basically professional skiers. I mean, they're, they're just amazing skiers. They brought us up the first time me and my sisters and said, this is how you snow plow. Uh, see ya. And they left and went up the mountain and we never saw them again until the very end. And then they came back to the bunny hill and they said, are you guys still here? <laughs> we didn't know what else to do. So we, so they said, we'll come up. Um, and the only, the only thing I said, we'll, we'll take you up to the top and we'll, we'll try a big run at the, here at the end. And if you, one, but on one condition, you can't fall getting off the lift because you, that's just a faux pas. You do not do that. Well, we ended up in a pile getting off the lift and we proceeded to fall all the way down the mountain for our last run. And I, I hated skiing after that. I thought this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. And then, but my grandpa kept taking us year after year and I just got better and better and I just really, really learned to love it. But, well, so I, I think it's important that you remember that first time because that, that does lead into the story. <laughs> so we, we started dating in high school and, and we could talk about that a little later. And I, I really wanted to show a good time. I knew you knew how to uh, to ski, that you love skiing. And so decided that I would take you on a date skiing. And so I got my brother and a friend and uh, we, we took our dates and we, we went skiing. Um, first of all, incredibly expensive. None of us had equipment, so we had to rent all of it. And, uh, you know, I worked during the summers, worked on the farm to earn enough money to take you on this incredible date. And first time skiing for me and, uh, and for my brother. So should we share the resort we went to? Yeah, we went, it was the worst resort you can go to on your first time because it's not an easy resort to not much of a bunny hill. So, so we won't mention a name because they're an amazing resort, and we won't. And you should all go ski there. But it, it was definitely a tough, tough, tough learn. And we, uh, so, so we're on the, the the bunny hill, as it were, but not a not a great bunny hill. Trying to figure out how to ski, and you're teaching me how to snow plow, and you're getting extremely bored at, at this point, and uh, decide that um, you know you've had enough of this. And so, as as any great date would do, um, you just left <laughs> and uh, and went up the mountain and. Uh, and started skiing. I, well, I have to say, like my my mom again, my mom's family who taught us how to ski. They're they're just really kind of uh, they they don't they're not like introverts or they are introverts. They're not they're great with being alone, 
And so that was the little bit of, you know, my mom's family coming out in me, the little bit of a Brotherson in me that yeah. I was like, I'm fine to ski alone. It's uh, no problem. Sure. No problem for you. <laughs> uh, no problem at all for you. So I'm there. I'm there, you know, trying to figure this out. So so finally, you know, pride gets the best of me. And I'm like, I, I've just I. I, I don't think I can do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. We're going to go up the mountain. Um, I think it was a double black diamond. It was not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall. Um, probably It might not. as well have been. <laughs> it, it should have been. And uh, and so so I make it off the uh, I make it off the lift. I did not tumble off the lift, but I, I fell shortly thereafter, and many 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 times thereafter as I'm making my way down. And and it's like so far up the mountain like you think like how far up could it be uh, if, if miles miles up the mountain and uh, and so i'm just falling constantly falling just falling meanwhile i'm like i don't know where he is i just headed down so, to the bottom she's gone <laughs> the, again great great date and uh at, at some point i wrecked so hard that i actually broke the binding um on the uh, on the ski Again, these were rentals, and so so I'm stuck. Like I can't. I'm so far up the mountain, and I can't even get the ski um, back on now to to go down. So I'm walking down the mountain. Fortunately, about halfway down the mountain, now that I've trekked what seemed like miles through the snow, <laughs> the the, uh, the the ski lift actually comes down, and I'm not sure why, but the, but probably for people like me. And so I I had to go get back on the ski lift to ride down and, and I, 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 the lift of shame I'm not sure what it's, it's called yeah, it's the, when you're the, the only, ride of shame the down ride of shame the- you're the only one coming down the mountain while everyone else is going back on and they're like pointing at you and laughing um, and it was really bad uh, to add Injury to insult, I guess would uh, or my, insult to injury. No, no injury oh, to insult. Yeah. <laughs> like my, uh, so I was bruised and, and broken. But my brother actually broke his thumb. It was his first time skiing as well. He broke his hand, and yeah. and so w- I'm looking for him. He's in the medic tent, uh, getting <laughs> treatment again, very expensive treatment. And uh, it, it was it was it was our worst date ever. Um, and, and it was like a top five worst date ever, uh, for, for, for me. And I thought, you know what, I can be, I can be poor and, um, and cold and sore somewhere else. I I mean, I can, I I can certainly be cold and and in pain and not spend a lot of money to do it. And and that was it. That was kind of the (laughs) end of my, I just decided that skiing was not for me. And I feel terrible being the governor of a great state with the greatest snow on earth and and not skiing. But the good news is that you still enjoy it. Um, Our daughter skis with you. Well, yeah. And and not only that, for all the time the kids were growing up, I took the kids by myself. You did. And it was a lot of work. So, you know, you got your payback. Well, I would, because... I would, I would take you up and and I would drop you guys off and then I would go and like I would re- haul all the skis up and I would haul all the equipment up and the helmets and the gloves and the yeah. <laughs> and it was great because then I would go in the lodge and drink hot chocolate and read a book. It was it was very very relaxing and and cheaper. Uh, so so let's let's go back to the uh, to the questions. Uh, what, so so Abby, tell tell me what you remember uh, about your birthdays growing up. Big family, ten kids. What do you remember about birthdays growing? Oh, up? Oh gosh, my <laughs> mostly that they were a big disappointment. <laughs> I'm uh, really hoping your mom is is not listening to this, but she's great. But she, would she agree. they were ten kids, and birthdays weren't like a huge thing, like. I always thought, oh, it's my birthday. This is so exciting. And then nothing really happened. And sometimes she would 
try to do something and, and you know, usually there was a cake involved at some point during the week. <laughs> like when when she remembered that the fifth child was having a birthday. <laughs> no, that was great. No, and what happened was that because of that, I ended up like my kids, and I'm not, I'm not as so much like that anymore. But I used to go all out for the kids' birthdays. Yeah. I would make, I mean, I would spend hours, like six, seven hours on a on a cake that I made from scratch with fondant, and I mean the whole thing. And They're great cakes. I mean, people would ask you to to make cakes. People wanted to hire you to make cakes. They were they they, they were truly incredible. Um, a, a labor of love. Uh, fortunately, that's that phase ended. Um, yeah, the kids just, especially the boys, they got to where they loved this really simple chocolate cake that your mom makes and. They're like, can I just have the chocolate cake? I'm like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> Take me 20 my, minutes instead of <laughs> instead of 10 hours. Uh, but 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 there 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 is a, maybe, maybe I'll share a quick story about one of those cakes. In in 2012, we had some massive wildfires, a big drought, uh, a little bit like last year, and and, and a massive wildfire in Sanpete County, um, the the worst in our our county's history. There was unfortunately one fatality. Several homes were burned to the ground. Uh, you know, it's, uh, dozens of outbuildings and and uh, very rapidly moving fire and at one point so, so this was about day four of the fire the first day was the first 24 hours were absolutely terrible a good friend of ours lost his home and everything and uh, and and then things started to get a little better and, and so i was i was kind of i was county commissioner at the time and i was off the fire lines finally after three days with our, our teams out there and and it was our son's birthday and and we went to uh, we took him up to seven peaks and we, we were up there and provo. i look back in provo yeah and i see this kind of mushroom cloud and i'm like that is that our fire? And sure enough, it was the fire had blown up and they said, you got to get back. And, and so I, I hustled back, left you there and, uh, and, and Fairview, our town actually, right after I got back, uh, I had to make the, the decision to, uh, to evacuate the town. And, and so we, we, we evacuated Fairview and my brother said, Hey, what, what do you need out of your house? I'll get anything. And I, I called you and said, Hey, what do you want out of the house? Just in case, because our, our house was on the West side of Fairview, which is where the fire was approaching. And I said, what, you know, we got five minutes. What should you grab? And there were only two things you said he should grab. Do you remember what those two things were? Well, there were three. One was, oh, the, Im- three. One was the important documents file That's for right. on all my kids, their birth certificates, their all that stuff. And then the second one was our photographs because when our kids was were- a computer. With a computer hard drive and then yeah. there was a box of, of actual photos because those can't be replaced because those were before digital. We had some that were before our digital photos. And then Adam's birthday cake that I'd spent like eight hours on. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I think it was a it was a Mario cake, right? It was. With, it was so cute, you it was guys. Amazing. It was so cute. We'll have to post some pictures on social media. It was <laughs> it was an incredible cake, and uh, and it, we we did save the cake, and we saved the house and the town. So good, good news like, all, all the way around. Was a hero. A, a banner day. A banner day. So so that's yeah. It, certainly, I think that the trauma of our childhood uh, evidences itself in in our adulthood and. And you making those. We always try to make up for stuff that we didn't feel like we got, and then our kids will do the same because we probably neglected lots of things. Our kids are spoiled rotten. (laughs) Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than eighty thousand Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. 
I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. So, uh, so I, I, I do have to say, I appreciate uh, Kirsten Rapley, your your chief of staff. Um, she 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 got some questions ready for us to uh, to ask to very uh, to sneaky learn more that one. That. She she did because uh, because you didn't know this was happening. You were prepping f- to interview someone else. I was and indeed. I just didn't have time so so thank you thank you kirsten for doing that but these are these are are fantastic questions i'd love to know the answers so it uh this is my if money was not an object um what would you want for your birthday and of course with for you money is not an object like i would do anything i mean it's definitely an object in our lives but not not for you or your birthday so but if we were saying now that i've already gotten you your gifts and uh, i'm going to be very disappointed by hearing this answer uh if money was no option what would you well I love to travel. And so for me, it's, you know, if the since you've been involved in politics on this level, when you started at the House in the House of Representatives so many years ago now, um, and then all the time as a lieutenant governor and now as governor, the legislature is always going during my birthday. And so I it's the worst. It's pretty bad. Yeah. That's why I just go ski by myself. <laughs> but, Remember, people, she likes being alone. She's made that very clear. I'm good with that. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I would love to go somewhere just warm and toasty on a beach somewhere, somewhere fabulous for my birthday, you know, because it's winter. It's perfect time to go find a beach, you know, back to Tahiti, somewhere like that. That would be fabulous. Sure. Perfect. So. We'll do that someday. Someday. someday we'll get that opportunity. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have any questions? I do. Let's let's talk. Let's go way back in the way back machine. Let's talk about. I love that show. <laughs> it's a great show. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, your earliest memory of me. Of you? Yeah. Well, I I, I guess I think we've shared this one before. Um, I, my earliest memory, I, I, I sure I have memories before this, but the, the one that stands out was the first time I actually talked to you uh, intentionally. And, and that was, uh, that was, we were, I think you were a freshman. I was a sophomore in high school and um, we, we took piano lessons from the same piano teacher in, in Ephraim, uh, Doreen Kerr, incredible uh, pianist, wonderful human being. She had these cats. She did have cats, yeah. And Lionel. She was and, also she was also an opera like a, a voice teacher, and yeah, voice she coach. would she would go call her cats in in a lovely operatic voice. It was great. Yeah, it, she she would <laughs> she she would, and then you'd sneeze your fool head off with all the cats. The cats hair. were were everywhere. Uh, just a, just a <laughs> she's a lovely really human. unique uh, individual human being. And and I had to trade piano lessons. And she said um, she said, do you know Abby Palmer? She has the time that you need. Uh, go ask Abby if she will trade with you. And, and I think that was the first conversation I remember actually having with you. Uh, but but we we were in uh, we, we were in band together. Yeah, it was weird because we did. I my mom made me do band. She ugh, it was the worst. That's one of those that I'm like I will never make my kids. Yeah, see do there that. it is again. Yeah. I won't because it was awful. And I was so. Do you need therapy? I might, but I was so social that I was like, you know what? That's so embarrassing 
It was not something cool. I don't know that it ever was. You weren't just in band. Like, you were in marching band. I was, that was the worst part of it. And so I wouldn't go to the, like, performances. She, she so I got, like, uniforms. a C in the class because I was like, yeah, no. My social life is way more important than, than Me, I'm getting grade. A's in band, of course, because I'm, I'm showing up every day in that ridiculous but outfit. I didn't, but and that we didn't remember the, each other. The plume, the yeah. feather. Well, that's that's because I was a brass player, and and you were, and, and I had moved from the uh, I had moved from trumpet to uh, euphonium at that point, and baritone. Which I was not so. speaking to a euphonium. Player. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, as a flutist. <laughs> yeah, the cool flute players. What this is about? Like this is the uh, I nerdiest we, podcast ever. This we didn't we. Somehow we figured out that we were both in band, but I don't have a memory of yeah, you. But, but we both have a memory of marching in Peach Days in Brigham City. In Brigham City. City. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. It was, it was not a good memory for you. The worst. I, yeah. Hey, don't take it personally, uh, Brigham City. I love, love all the band people. I'm so happy for the, our musicians. Yeah. I just, it wasn't for me. Okay. Well, that's the, that's the, first, that's the first memory I have uh, of you. So what is... Um, I don't know if I should. Most people have probably heard this one by now, but I, I guess we should let you tell your version of our dating and marriage story. My oh, version thank is you. far more entertaining. I know it's way more entertaining, and so also maybe more it's true. Not great. <laughs> it's not so, true. how about this? You you tell your version, and I'll correct it. <laughs> That's usually the way it goes. <laughs> well, so what I remember is that we were in high school. You asked me, I was a junior, you were a senior. You asked me, so, so, well, to, we started hanging out a bit. Yeah, leading up to this point, like my group of friends and your group of friends became friends yeah. and, and we started spending some time together. Once, once we got out of band and you were willing to talk to us <laughs> again at that point. Were you out of band? Yeah. Oh, yeah, when did you? did my freshman and sophomore years. Oh, I couldn't remember. <laughs> uh, so I remember. We went to a few like ball games together. We, we like hung out and did a few things yeah. and our friends were going on date dances as groups and stuff like that. Um, but then I remember the big thing and we've talked about this too, junior prom. We, we should have a whole episode on our junior prom because it's so cool. It's great. It's the best. But very traditional, very like longstanding tradition of two nights, full ball gowns, every girl has a date. So junior prom is Bo- such a big deal. Boys' choice first night, girls' choice second night. The entire town shows up. We um, we have a, pr- a promenade. We announce the students and their parents. Uh, we, we we do a fully choreographed dance, um, and and then uh, the the students dance with their parents. Um, girls dance with their dads. Boys dance with their moms or grandparents or whatever. It, I, the whole town's there. It's a big deal. And then then the town leaves, and you, and you have your more traditional prom. So yeah, that, that's the backstory. So yeah. I ask you to the first night so yeah and and you have to realize too that girls especially like this is kind of their it's one of those it's really fun because it's one of those um rites of passage that we talked about previously with with pat jones and and these things that are really important um or no it wasn't with pat it was with rich um, we talked about these rites of passages. And so for girls, like you, you know, you think about little girls from the time they're little in San Pete, you, you talk about your prom dress, what your prom dress is going to look like. And so this is, it's a huge, it's deal. like a quinceanera. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very right, similar. Rite of yeah. passage. Yeah. Um, so 
you asked me to my to my junior prom and uh, super excited. I remember we were at a ball game, a church ball game. We were we also do, game. do very elaborate um, asks, yes. right? Which I, I know happens deal. in other places, but yeah, yeah. it's a, yeah, a big thing. And so you asked me, um, I asked you back for the second, second night. night. That's correct. Yeah. And then we kind of started. And did you think at the time that we were a thing? Because to me at the time, it was, it was, it was just, Hey, we're friends and I'll, I'll ask Abby and you ask so-and-so and and you know, I think after, no, not during, not when you asked or not, but maybe like after I was like, yeah, I really like him. Oh, that's, that's sweet. Like after prom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You were in love with me after that second night at prom. In love was strong, but it happens. But <laughs> I was so, this before or after I had the lead in the musical? It was after you. That was in the fall. I don't remember. Yeah, it was. So yeah, you were the, you. Because <laughs> this was the spring, and it was it was the you were the play yeah, was in the fall. Yeah, but that's when you started to like me. I'm sure. <laughs> I heard that from a lot of you know. I was I had to kiss that girl Stop. on stage. Okay, enough of yeah, that. Okay. Enough. Enough. It's fine. So so after that. So after that, and then, so I'm like, yeah, I really like him. And we kept hanging out. We kept doing stuff. And then all of a sudden, it was like, hey, he's asking my best friend out. I did that. And I'm like, that's not cool. Yeah. Well, sure. It was not the best um look <laughs> in my defense again i didn't i didn't know her thing and, and i and i was a thing. i was starting to like you too and i i was i was scared of that i guess a so little bit. you just kept asking my friend and no, then you would ask me and times. then you would ask my friend and then i was like yeah this sucks yeah and then i said dude you figure yourself out and and then we'll deal with it but you, I'm not. I'm done. You did. Yeah. That. This is true. Wow. I, Josh just got really nervous here producing the podcast. Uh, the, we may have lost some sponsors right now. The. So. Yeah. The, so that that was that was definitely a thing. This is the part you leave out. No. No. You're you're right. I can't wait to get to part B of this discussion. But uh, th- that's true. No. You, you said that. You're like, hey, hey, like, you know, I like you, but whatever. Uh, you, you've got to figure this out. And and uh, and and I did figure it out and that was the point where I'm like wow I, I really like her now I just this was like right after graduation for me so yeah. you, you saw had a year left I, I had a year of, of college before my mission I was headed down to Snow College knew that so we'd, we'd still be close and uh, and I decided that summer that uh, that that I'm like yeah, I, I really like her I made a huge mistake and uh, I'd like to yeah I'd like to spend more time together so we did we started dating then yeah. and kind of became exclusive and uh and and that all led up to I left for two years I went on a mission um a year later and uh you go ahead had a ball buds. you did yeah <laughs> dated everyone <laughs> I had fun I, t- I spent two years at Snow College I dated I hung out wrote we me did, every week wrote incredible lots of letters uh yeah talked about everything it yeah. was it was great and i was sure i was sure you were the and one and then yada 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 then you came home and we got married <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you can yada yada that part that's uh, that does not not happen this is where uh, this is where where you got yours so we um so so i, I think about gosh, i want to say about four three months four months before i got back um 
the letter stopped. They just stopped. <laughs> that was it. Just nothing. And, you know, the mail system in Mexico was not very reliable. I'm like, surely there's an explanation. And uh, and then then I got the, what do they call it? Dear John? It I wasn't think. a Dear John. Oh, you're so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you call it when you say I have a boyfriend and he really wants just an, he really likes just me. Just a little FYI. And, and that's why I haven't been writing you and uh and, and it's really serious. Those were your words. It's really serious. I don't serious. think that was. And, and we'll I, have to find that letter. You probably burned it. <laughs> all I said was um all I ask is please don't have a ring on your finger when I get home. That was it. And you didn't. Too, I did not. But it was very very close. Mm. So so then uh keep going. I I come back. Come back. I, that's this is the part I don't like. I can't talk about it. Still, it's hard. It's too hard. It was hard. It was a time where I was very unsure. I didn't know what to do. I didn't came home. You were weird. <laughs> Super you, weird. He, you asked me. You said, "Look, hey, for, for, I, I mean, look." In my defense, it's been two years since I've interacted with a a, a, a girl that that you know I, I'm attracted to. Uh, I haven't been on a date for two years. You lose a little bit. There's no question, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you got to give me a little time to to catch up. He here. Said, you call. You called and said, uh, "Can I come see you?" And I said, "Yeah." And you said, um, "Would five thirty or six work better?" I'm like, "I don't know. Just come." So <laughs> you, you have to understand like, me that <laughs> this is this is something they they teach us as missionaries. You give people options, right? But but both of those options are we're coming over. So you you pick the time. I you know, I don't care. So yeah, that that was a little weird. And uh, but but you were you were really struggling to make a decision. You had to choose um, really which person to marry. I mean that's that's where it was at that point. And you chose. I chose you. <laughs> yes, eventually, but. Do I get to finish this part? You can. So I, I didn't know this till actually after we were married. So one Sunday I get a call from her. She says, hey, come over and we'll chat. So I'm really excited. And uh, so I come over, sit down. Your parents, it's summer day out uh, early August, late July, early August. Uh, we're out on the uh, out on the lawn. You had some lawn chairs set out there uh, just after church. I sit farm. down talking to your dad Yeah, on the farm. And we start talking politics of all things. Um, it was... It was 1996. My dad's a political science major. Yeah, so, so was I. It was uh, 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 who was running? Oh, it was Clinton v. Dole. Yeah, that's that's what it was. That election. So we're we're talking politics. Um, we go back into the house and everything's great. We have an amazing night. Um, the next day, you call me and and tell me that you had broken up um, with the other fine person and <laughs> and uh, and we were engaged like a couple weeks later I mean it, it yeah, went really fast after that uh, but, but what this is the part that that she left out to me and also <laughs> left out to you dear listeners uh, and the, the part was that she had actually made her up her mind and decided to uh, break up with me and so uh, so she called me and invite me over to break up in person which was very kind she didn't do it via text because we didn't have cell phones or texting at the time but I, I guess she could have called and done it over the phone fortunately uh, she was going to do it in person so I came over and that interlude where I was talking with your dad um, it, it, something changed you yeah I mean inspired. I think that was a moment where I was I realized you saw how attractive I, I no I <laughs> none of that but uh, but just knew that that we were supposed to be together and I'm very grateful that it turned out that way and and now the rest is history we got it married is. and life is great I'm sorry to bore you dude that was a long the, story that, that was way long way way too long let's that's that's the past what do you think 
What do you think we'll be doing in 20 years? Oh, uh, traveling, I hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you going to travel with me? I'll travel with you. I hate, I hate to travel, <laughs> um, but I love Everybody you. Everybody heard that. So you will travel I, with I me. I will travel with you. I, I love to travel. I love I love being other places with you. I just don't like getting there or getting yeah. back. That That's the part I, I don't like. But that's what we'll be doing. The, the good news is we know we'll be done with politics. Um, said I won't serve more than two terms. That was a decision you and I made together. So if, if I'm lucky enough to, to serve an additional four years, we'll do that. And if people want someone else... We'll do something else, but uh, certainly looking forward to uh, to that time, to getting your January back. Um, <laughs> you definitely deserve that. So uh, what is uh, – oh, I, Kirsten, this is a terrible question. What is something about me you don't think most people know? I, I don't know if I'm comfortable asking that question. <laughs> I don't know. I get that question a lot of just like what do what would surprise us about him? The problem like, is – People know us so well. I know. I was going to yeah. say, I don't think it's uh, Caleb. Cohen. We don't have a lot of secrets. No, we're, we're pretty open books. Um, that you hate flying. Yeah, I hate um, flying. We, so we just talked about that. That's, that's been an probably issue. Probably a big one. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I still do it a lot. You do it. So we're headed back to DC. Don't love it. The National Governors Association this week. And, and uh, so I'll, I'll hate the flight, but I'll, I'll enjoy it once we get there. Um, where, where would you want to live if it wasn't in Utah? If you didn't live in Utah, where? Well, gosh, there's there's lots of beautiful places in the country. Um, I whenever we travel, I'm like, could I live here? Yeah, I think I could live here for a little while. I don't know if I could live here for always. Interesting. But... And I'm always the opposite. I'm like, yeah, it's a fun place to visit, but I'm sure glad I don't live here. <laughs> hey. Virginia, we Southern Virginia, where we lived in Lexington, is just idyllic. It's so beautiful. It's the South. It's, but it's not crazy hot like some places in the South. Um, it's Southern, so you get the Southern charm. I mean, we had just really lovely people that we, we loved in Virginia. And maybe it was part of me is probably it's a time in our lives. But we live sort of in this rural part of, of Virginia, so it's really reminiscent of, of our rural roots. Um, but it also had a couple of really amazing universities, um, uh, Virginia Military Institute plus Washington and Lee, um, Southern Virginia University was there as well. Um, so it was just this fun, eclectic mix of people and places and the history that's there. Um, I yeah, loved, I loved it was Virginia. Fantastic. We, yeah, I yeah. would go back to Virginia. Virginia's great. We 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 love Southern Virginia and, and the people there and and the time we had there as well. Again, a special time in our life. Two oldest boys were born there and uh and and just the connections that you make when you you're out there alone kind of for the, for the first time as a as a married couple, no family close, I mean, uh, you know, 2000 miles away and having to to rely on on other people. There's something about that very formative time and we we still have dear, dear friends that we get together with every year or sometimes we, you don't see them for years at a time. And when you do, um, you're immediately connected. So yeah, great, great yeah, time. Great a, place. It's a good time. Certainly. And our kids, you have a lot of memories of our early kids there. And we probably only remember the good stuff. I mean, there was a lot of, I mean, I was 2000 miles away from any family when I had my first baby, um, first two babies. But, um, so those, those were little, little tricky times, but yeah, you're, you're, your community rallied around you. You know, our religious community, our congregation was always became like family um, where, you know, where, where our family wasn't there. And I, I just don't know that 
a time in our life will ever be like that again. It was, I mean, it was kind of a beautiful time. It was. It was very special. So what do you, what's your favorite thing about living in Salt Lake City now that we're here? We're, we're like city folk. I, yeah. <laughs> I know. What? City, city slickers, as they call them in Fairview. Yeah, actually, in Fairview, they call them cityots, but um, <laughs> that's that's another thing entirely. So we, we are here. There's a, there's a lot of great things about living here. I, it, you know, um, I was driving down, you know, my sister and I were driving up the canyon yesterday and we we're driving through Salt Lake to get over to the to the canyon. And um, she used to live in Salt Lake because they went to the University of Utah for uh, medical school. And she, we were talking, you know, reminiscing about her time in Salt Lake. And we just both decided, you know, Salt Lake's a cool city. It really is. I mean, we've been to cities all over the country and, and, um, it's, it's very unique. It's, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, but obviously the conveniences we love to, you know, the, you and I are big foodies. We, we really great love food. to, it, great I mean, food. there really is such great restaurants here. In fact, I'm excited taking you someplace new tonight. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're experiencing something we haven't. We are. We're going to Table before. X. We've heard amazing things about it, and uh, we can't wait to try it out. So we're always finding new food spots. Yeah. Um, just in the last little while, we've even hit upon some really cool places. Ochre was a new one we just tried a few weeks ago for our anniversary. Um, yeah. There's So, you know, obviously the conveniences of, of having things close by and, you know, I can just run to Costco or, you know, literally my grocery stores. It's not a 45 minute drive to, to, <laughs> to Costco, Costco or the mall or <laughs> Yeah, I run down to Walmart. City Creek to just return something and it's, you know, it's not a whole day ordeal. Yeah, we and... don't have to plan our week around it. It's <laughs> nice. And, and the people have been fantastic. Um, we, we love our neighbors. Uh, we, we love, we, we love the, the way people have treated us here. It's been really cool to, to spend time here. I, I as, as long as we're talking about restaurants, I, I probably have to give a shout out to, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know who needs to hear this. Um, Probably everyone, but uh, there, there's something you don't know that you need to know, and that is that we have a crack shack here in Utah now. And most so. people don't know what that is, and don't don't get alarmed. Yeah, it, it, it's not has nothing to do with drugs. It's it, not a drug house, no. but it it's chicken, it, and it's it is. delicious chicken. And there is one that we we went to several years ago in San Diego, which is where they start where it started. Yeah, I think there's a couple now in in California, but but none outside of California. Uh, it, it originally started Incredible Chef in uh, in San Diego. We went there shortly after the first one opened. And uh, anybody who spends any time in San Diego will recommend the Crack Shack. Uh, but but uh, we were stunned to find yeah. out that there's one we at had no idea. Ninth and Ninth. Um, yeah. Here in Salt Fun Lake. Fun stuff up in Ninth and Ninth, too. Uh, all, all kinds of lovely things and yummy places to eat. Amazing food scene. But uh, but I'm telling you, go to go to the Crack Shack. Um, make sure, uh, I, I mean, try everything on the menu. Uh, the chicken oysters are the, the best kind of chicken nugget-ish thing you'll ever have. Yeah. Uh, incredible. You can actually also, a little secret, you can get them tossed in, in honey butter if it you want. It feels like a commercial They're now. Pretty, we should probably great. move I, on. I'm, I'm just saying, it's really important that people know Brought that. Brought to you so. by the Crack Shack. Okay. What, what, what else? Well, I th- the other thing I would say about, um, about Salt Lake is, again, I mean, it's a whole ordeal to go skiing when you live in Fairview, especially when I took my kids. But literally, I threw my stuff in, ran up the mountain to Brighton. It was so easy and obviously easy parking and travel when you're going up on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> so it works pretty well. It was perfect. But yeah, so those those kinds of things are great. 
Um, what's something I'm better than you at? Oh, wow. <laughs> this, this is a loaded question. These are the kind of questions that definitely get, get you in or trouble. Better, better at than you. I guess that's a better way to say it. Yeah. So you are better at skiing than me. Yes. Uh, that, we, yes, indeed. We have that. That's an easy one. Uh, to, <laughs> we'll just bat that one away and, uh, and, and keep me at, at getting, uh, from getting in trouble. Uh, you're better at everything than me. Uh, yeah, well, you're, that's not true. You're, you're better. So, so I will say this. Um, it, it's interesting. We have different personalities in, in, in many ways. Uh, people, people think, you know, extroverts and introverts, we kind of throw those terms around. And there's been a lot of studies on this that, that there are various types of extroverts and introverts and we're, we're all very different. Um, people don't know this about me. I, I'm not good in small groups and, and social situations. I mean, I can get by, but it's very taxing to me. Um, it drains energy from me when when there is a, when there's an event um, with that that has you know they all have a social hour. Like we have a dinner, but but for thirty minutes before there's a social hour and people will come and just chat. I I I hate those. It's not that I don't like people. I love people, but it. Uh, it's it's really really hard for me. I, I don't enjoy it. It brings back all my insecurities from the time I was a kid. I think um, that that idea that I have to go in and now there's a group of people and I have to find someone to talk to and then I have to make small talk. Um, I am just not good at that. And you are great at that. Like you you thrive in those small situations. You're an amazing conversationalist. You you love to be around people and and to to have those connections. And I, and I love to connect too. And and one on one I'm fine. But it's it's something about those social situations. Situations where uh, you don't know everybody and you're all trying to make it work, and it just it just makes me cringe and makes my skin crawl and, and is really hard for me. So so when you see me in those situations, please be kind and, and know I'm I'm doing my best. Um, but but you know con- conversely, like um, I would love to get up in front of a thousand people and and take questions and have a conversation that way. There's something different. That one gives me energy. Um, and, uh, and, and the other one just drains me completely. So that's yeah. one area where you are definitely better. Yeah. Than and I think it's it comes, I don't know, growing up with, um, seven sisters, we, that's, we just talked. That's what we did. It, it, <laughs> and I can they listen. Still do. We still do. We talk a lot. We, we also have this ability and we have this thing with me and my sisters. It's like, when we get together, it's a big group of us. Um, you never want to be on the end of the table. You always want to be in the middle because you can listen to at least three conversations at once. And so you can be a part of all the different. And I can I have a, an ability now because of growing up with my sisters to engage in several different conversations uh, simultaneously. Yes. And, and that is something I, I do not have. And, and by, by the way, though, she does that even if she's not part of the conversation or invited into the conversation, which which means that uh, if it's just if it's just the two of us, like it will be tonight. So if you're going to Table X tonight, uh, I, I should probably apologize. because We won't she will post be, this. She you won't be, know we're there. She will be listening to your conversations as well. And she'll be like, oh my gosh, did you hear what's going on? I'm like, no, I did not hear what's going on at that table. And also when I remember when we were first married and we'd go somewhere and somebody was speaking Spanish. I'm like, what are they saying? What are they saying? And he's like, I don't know. I'm not listening to their conversation. <laughs> she, she would want me to interpret the conversation two tables away well, in Spanish. So we, uh, so just just be aware. She has those amazing ears. I have really good ears. Pick up to hear on all conversations. Of it. So what do you? I, I know we've just got a few minutes left, but uh, what, what do you miss? Uh, what do you miss most about 
Fairview, about not living in Fairview. We're still there every other weekend or so, but what, what do you miss most about not living full-time in Fairview? Um, so one of my favorite things is to be outside. Um, I feel like when I'm here in Salt Lake for a, an expen- extended period of time, especially if we're here over a weekend, it's I get feeling a little caged. And uh, so being in Fairview makes me feel a little freer. Um, I love to be outside. I need to be outside. Um, so I love to run outside. I love to, and, and in the winter, I love to cross country ski outside. That's a way for me to, I mean, I'm not going to downhill ski every day, um, but I can get outside and, and cross country ski. I can be up on top of our mountain, our Fairview Canyon mountain, um, in 10 minutes and be cross country skiing in the most beautiful one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah, North, mean, North Skyline North Drive Skyline is, where you like Drive to is ski. absolutely phenomenally beautiful and lots of times especially if, you know, when I'm if I'm when I was living in Fairview full time, I can go up there on a week weekday morning, nobody's there. It, I am literally alone on the mountain and it's it's peaceful, it's quiet. It's, you know, time to just be by myself. And so I do, I mean, I've, I grew up around a lot of sisters. I love people, but I do love my time when I can just be by myself, especially outside in nature. Um, love stuff like that. And obviously, um, we spend time with, uh, with family as much as we can on weekends, but, but, you know, I'm, I don't get over to my parents as much as I want to, um, because we're not living there now. Um, I don't see you know, my siblings as much as I would love to. Um, I used to, one of the things that I really, really miss is my sisters and I, uh, there's four, four of us that lived in the, in the San P area and we all played sports in high school and my sisters are infinitely more athletic than I am and are better at it, but we would play volleyball just kind of a mom group. And I kind of felt like the old lady in the group because all the little, like a little kids would be running around we'd we'd be on one side of the gym and the kids would be running around on the other side of the gym and um, just played volleyball um at once a week with with these moms and my sisters and we would laugh and hang out and so that that kind of stuff I, I miss I miss being um as involved in my in the kids' schools day to day I miss all the Sam Pete gossip. Sometimes I have to like get home and talk to your mom or whoever. And, uh, it's something I'll, we're good at there. We perfected it. We're we're really good at getting in people's business, and yep. it's and we miss it. When if I don't know what people's business is, I feel a little out of the loop. That's right. I always tell people the best part about living in Sam Pete is everyone knows everyone, and the worst part of living in San Pete is that everyone knows everyone and yeah, being know. in your business uh, sounds bad, but it, it's, it's mostly good in your I think business. It, it's I actually, I think it is. I mean, it obviously can be bad if people are malicious, but for the most part, it's people really that sense of community that is being lost all over the country. Um, that sense that you belong. Um, and I don't think we feel that as much here and maybe that's more cause we're a little transient. But when you live in a small town, and you don't have to live in a small town to feel that, but we're, we're losing that a little bit, that sense of you do know your neighbors. Your neighbors are keeping track of you. And if you, you know, if you're out in your field and somebody comes driving by in their four-wheeler and 
they haven't seen you for a while. Or, are you okay? We haven't seen you. Are you doing okay? Well, so and so. And they know who your parents are. Oh, how's your dad doing? Or how's your mom? Or we've, we haven't seen them. We heard they're sick, you know. <laughs> so you, it's just the sense that that you belong and people are looking out for you. And I think it's kind of beautiful. It is beautiful. And and we need more of that. We certainly need more of that. Uh, I know Senator Ben Sass talks about rootedness and being rooted in our communities. That's where the social capital comes from, um, that, that we give back and uh, the things that, that make make life worth living and make it a better place. I'm reading a book right now, The Second Mountain by David Brooks, um, something that I recommend everyone read. He talks a lot about those those principles of, of being connected, uh, being close, caring more about others than, than ourselves and and uh, and really watching out for each other. So we're 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 very fortunate to uh, to live in, in a great place. We're we're fortunate to be in the city and in the country and we're very fortunate to have you Miss Abby as our first lady. Uh, I I love you dearly. Thank you for making all of my dreams come true and the dreams of our family and uh we're, we're we feel so excited to uh, to spend time uh, together and uh i look forward to uh to spending the uh, the rest of our lives and beyond together thanks for letting me hang out with you today thanks for being here love thanks for the surprise <laughs>